0: So Matthew twenty six verses twenty six to thirty. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand and read the word together. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup, he gave thanks, and he offered it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives and you could be seated Joe Can you put a word up on the board It's <laughs> eucharistio <laughs> eu huh okay anyway so and he took bread and he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them and we know this is the miracle this is where the miracle began at the last supper this is where the miracle begins for us today So the word Eucharistio, can you say it with me? Eucharistio. You've heard it, if if you've ever been to a Catholic church, that's what they call communion, the Eucharist, okay? And the Eucharist is spelled E-U-C-H-A-R-I-S-T-E-O. Eucharistio, So let's say it again, Eucharistio. That's the original word for communion in the Greek. So the root word of Eucharistio is, I'll see if I can say this right. I know Ed will correct me at the end because <laughs> he's our... Uh, he's our specialist on pronunciation. (laughs) Um, All right, so Eucharistio, right? The root word is charis. You can't get it? (laughs) Charis, that's the middle part, C-H-A-R, I S Caris there? Yay! See, so the root word is Caris. Guess what Caris means? It means her grace. Grace Caris means grace. And in the original, Eucharistio, see I am probably saying it wrong, means give thanks, give thanks. And when I ever say the word thanks or thanksgiving, I think of my mother because she always says you have to give thanks always you have to get if you're having a bad day if things are going wrong if you feel miserable she'll tell you you need to be thankful right who's heard that have y'all heard that from mom so the word eucharistio means gave thanks and the root word charis c-h-a-r-i-s means grace. Grace means we get something we don't deserve. We didn't do anything to deserve it, and we can't do anything to deserve it. Did you hear that? We didn't do anything to deserve God's love and his sacrifice of his body on the cross and his blood. We can't do anything to deserve it. We can't do anything. It's too holy. It's too holy. It's only through him. It's nothing we do. So we must give thanks. Jesus took the bread, okay? He took the bread, and he saw it as grace. Can you imagine He knew in a short period of time he was going to be tortured, killed, hung on a cross, bleeding, horrible, the most horrible torture you can imagine. And if you want to get a good picture of just a little bit of what it might have been like, watch the movie The Passion. It will make you have some realization, just a little bit of what he could have gone through and yet even though he knew that was coming he saw the bread and what did he say the bread was his body right and he saw that bread and he and he gave thanks he gave thanks because he was going to give that body for us he was going to have his body broken So our brokenness can be healed. So our breaking hearts can be healed. When Jesus died on the cross, he died of a broken heart. You know how we know? Because his last dying words from cracked, dry, bloody lips were, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? he went through that pain he gave that body for us and we must thank him for it this is what communion is the eucharist we it's our time of giving thanks to the lord for what he has given to us that we don't deserve Eucharistio, thanksgiving, also holds the Greek word kara, C H A R A, meaning joy. Say kara Kara. means joy. Okay, so karis means what? Grace. And kara means Joy. joy. In the Eucharistio, in the communion, in the koinonia, we find joy. We give thanks for the body, and we receive joy. It's the kind of joy that comes from the Lord that is in the middle of a storm, that's in the middle of your biggest problem. It's the joy of the Lord. He took it all. He took the storm to the cross for you and me. And we find joy in Jesus. Deep joy is found only, Mom. Listen to this, Mom. Deep kara, deep joy is found only only at the table of the Eucharistio or the table of thanksgiving. It all starts with thanksgiving. This is a supernatural, I don't like to say power, magical because it's not magic. It's supernatural power. A supernatural secret that is given to us from Jesus at the Last Supper so that we could survive today, so that we could have power today. And it's that simple. Is it that simple? Our joy depends on our thanks to Jesus. If you want joy, thank Jesus. If you want joy, thank the Lord. Thanksgiving, this is a principle of God. This is one of the principles he's given us in this simple act of koinonia, communion, and Eucharistio. I'm becoming Latin. <laughs> um, as long as thanks is possible, as long as you can say thank you, God. Okay, so you got a problem, right? You got a bad job. You got a bad boss. You got no money in the bank. You got no food on the table and you're sick, (laughs) okay? Thank God in your circumstance. He'll bring you out of it. He died for it he died for it that's what he's telling us you're not just thanking him he you are thanking him for giving his life he died for it so that you could have joy By just thanking him. Saying, Jesus, I know you're in control. Jesus as I take this communion this morning. I know you're in control. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for this communion. I thank you for the body. I thank you for the blood. I thank you, Jesus. And he brings the joy of the Lord into our life as we do this in remembrance of him. And one other thing I, I did want to share with you, when it says to do this in remembrance of me, when Jesus says that about communion, it's not—it's talking, the word in Greek, and I don't have it in front of me, so I can, I'm not going to say it and say it wrong. <laughs> but what it means is, remember him over and over and over and over not once not on sunday when you're at the kitchen sink remember him when you're playing lacrosse and you want to make a goal stella remember him say thank you jesus and throw it in that goal <laughs> Oh Lord, we pray for that for Stella on Monday. (laughs) But this is what he says remember him over and over and over because that's the key. If we just wait for Sunday to come into communion with Jesus, we will struggle. We have to stay in communion with him all the time, every day. So how do we start? Starts with a TH. thanks, thankful, thanksgiving. So Lord, this morning, as we come before you, Lord, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would bring to our remembrance all the things that we can be thankful for, all the love that you have given to us that we didn't deserve. But you loved us so much because you created us. We are your creation. We are your people. We are your creation. You made us in your image. And you love us. And you loved us so much that you came to this earth as a baby and you gave your life on the cross and then you rose again in resurrection power and Lord we thank you and we praise you this morning for all that you have done it's more than enough it makes us complete it makes us complete and we thank you And we thank you for your presence here this morning. We pray, oh God, right now, let's just take a minute and just think about all the things that you can be thankful for, that you want to thank Jesus for. Does anybody want to give a testimony of thanks? Any testimony of thanks? Ephraim, do you want to tell us what you're thankful for? Come here. Come here. What are you thankful for? Uh, I
1: don't know. I don't know.
0: How about the universe? I
1: don't know.
0: (laughs) Are you thankful for Jesus? Yes. Amen. (laughs) You can sit down. (laughs) Amen. Ephraim's thankful for Jesus. Hey, he came up here. He's bold. (laughs) So this morning, let's take the body of Jesus in our hands. Let's take the bread that is his body, and we lift it before you, Jesus. Thank you for the body of Jesus. Thank you for, Lord, what you went through for us. Thank you for giving your body, your bread, for our brokenness and our healing. And we receive healing this morning. We receive healing from you. We receive healing for those who are sick and who need healing this morning, and we lift them before you. And we pray for your grace to come upon them, your caress to come upon them, And to heal them in the name of Jesus as we break the body, let's break it and partake together in remembrance of him. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing. Thank you, Jesus, for your healing, spirit, soul, and body. Thank you, Lord, that you heal your people. Thank you, Jesus. And then let's take the wine. Let's take the wine that, Lord, your blood poured out for us, the new covenant the new covenant of forgiveness, the veil torn so that we can come boldly into your presence and we can have koinonia with you. We can have communion with you, Jesus. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin and makes us white as snow. Let's partake together. Thank you, Jesus.
1: Praise the Lord, amen. Before we take up an offering, I do have a couple things that I am very thankful for that I do want to share in testimony because I know if I don't share... I don't want to give the devil any glory by not. One is uh, my father was really sick again and back in the hospital. And we thought we might have to go back. We might have to go out to Utah to see him. But God raised him up. And I knew it was through the power of prayer. And um, he's home again. He had an infection in his leg and his knee. And it was a miracle because he was like, he, you could tell in his voice, he's like, I'm done with this. You know, he just got over really bad with COVID. He had COVID pretty bad, and it really knocked him out for a loop. And he still hasn't recovered from that totally. So I'm super thankful that he is home now. And the, I'm not, you know, the infection in the knee, I believe, is going, 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 gone. Amen. So I want to share testimony on that. The other one is, you know, mom had a battle with COVID this winter. And they sent her home with hospice. And look at her. She's walking into church healthy and happy. And praising God and thanking God. Amen. So praise God that we went through all of that. And and she's here. Amen. And we're very thankful for that. And one more thing, and we'll ask her if she wants to, is that I had a good friend, Daryl, who got attacked by the devil this week also, where his whole side of his face swelled up. They went to the hospital. He went down to Guthrie, admitted it to Guthrie. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know. They thought he had a sinusitis. He thought they had an abscess in the sinus of it. Then they thought it was a tooth. They were going back and forth with the whole thing. They haven't figured it all out, but he said on, he said the other night that his swelling on his face started to go down, and he was pretty swollen up. But the swelling on his face started to go down. The pain started to go away, and he's feeling better. Praise God, Amen. So there's three testimonies right there of God's healing and God's work, in in our in our and just in our midst and stuff. So praise the Lord. So. One thing that's really important for us to do is be praying for one another. Always be constantly covering each other in prayer. Prayer moves the hand of God. Cover everybody with the blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Be praying for me, be praying for your family, praying for your friends, because the devil is real. He's alive and he's out there trying to kill, steal, and destroy. So, mom. Mom, mom, (laughs) did you want to share anything of your testimony about COVID? Not today? Okay. Thought I would ask. Okay. So anyways, praise the Lord. Amen Amen for all these grateful things. And there's something I've learned today. Well, I learned a lot of things already today with my wife's communion that she did on the Eucharisto. But one thing that is always going to remember in my mind now, I I can just call Grace Charis. Charis, Charis. So Grace, you have, Grace has a new name. It's called Charis. C-H-A-R-S. Charis. So praise the Lord. Amen. See, God gives out new names, right? God gave us a new name for Grace today. Amen. And I think we should have named Julia Joy. I was just thinking, we could call, it, we could call it, give Julia the new name Joy. Joy. Karis and Joy. Amen. Alright, without further ado, it's time to take up an offering. Stella is just stellar. Stellar, <laughs> Stella. Stella, Stella. Stella. Ephraim is a tribe of uh, Israel. Mighty. Mighty. Tri- Ephraim, Ephraim is a tribe of Grace, come on down. Caritas, come on down. <laughs> thank you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the tithes and offerings that you're bringing in. We thank you, Lord, for the miracles that you're doing in the midst of us, Lord God, that you are always moving. You're never stopping. Lord God, but you are always moving, Lord God, and you're always moving in around us in ways, Lord God, that we don't know or understand. But Lord, you have the perfect plan and you have a perfect plan for our finances. Lord God, you have the plans set out before us. You have a table set out in the presence of our enemies, Lord God, of our whole lives. And I just believe this and I believe that, Lord, you are for us, and that you will never fail us or forsake us. Lord God, and I believe that, Lord God, that your word, and I know your word says you, above all things, you want us to prosper and be in good health. So, Lord God, we give to you, knowing that we cannot give to you, knowing that you give back to us more than we can ever imagine in so many different ways. And we are so thankful, Lord God, Lord God, to be able to give. And, Lord God, I just pray that you would place that on everybody's heart to be a cheerful giver, Lord God. And Lord God, that you would bless them, because you know what's in the heart, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you would bless them abundantly, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, the title of my sermon is called, Satan's Deception. Satan's Deception. Satan is a deceiver, amen. Amen. I believe we are in a time of testing the separating of the saints and the true worshipers of God. The devil is running wild. Amen? Do you believe that the devil is running wild trying to pull people down, trying to pull people away from God? Because that's what's happening. The devil in John 10.10 says this, It says, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. This is Jesus' words. These are words written in red. Jesus said that. You see, the devil wants to steal you away from everything God has planned for you. The devil doesn't want you walking in the destiny that God has laid out. Because God has a perfect plan for our lives. And the devil tries to pull us away from that perfect plan. He wants to steal you away from God. And he will not hold back on anything. He will throw the whole toolbox at you. Everything that he knows to pull you away from Christ, from your calling, from what God has plans for you. And you know, God's plans for us is for all of us to be with him in eternity. That's the ultimate plan. That's the ultimate plan. The devil wants to keep you from that ultimate plan, from that ultimate goal. And he'll do everything in his power. He'll put roadblocks. He'll do all kinds of things to keep you from that goal. But the devil has been very effective on the body of Christ lately. He's been very effective on the church. The great falling away... It's been happening. It's happening right before our eyes. Do you know that since COVID, 40% of the church has not returned? 40% of the church has not returned. That's staggering numbers. I mean, look around, that's, that's about, we're right on par <laughs> with that. What they say is, oh, we know the Bible, we don't need to go to church anymore. What I say is they don't know the Bible. They don't have a true understanding of the word. Because the Bible tells us clearly in Hebrews 10, Verses Chapter 10, verses 25, it says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. I tell you what, habits are bad. There's a lot of habits that are bad are bad. There are some good habits. But giving up on meeting together is a bad habit to start. Let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Look at, this is what's going on right now in the church is that people are falling away. They're leaving the church, and some have, are meant to leave. Some it's prophesied, some things they were never part of the body in their hearts. Some are not, some are being deceived. By the devil, some of them are being stolen by lies, by deception, by false doctrine, by the working of the Antichrist. The spirit of the Antichrist is at work. And that's what's happening to a lot of the church. But the Bible is clear about it. Let us not stop gathering together. Especially when the days are getting close. It's interesting, because if you ask people about the end times, most of the people that are around will say, I agree, I agree that we're in the end times. You know, they they, they know things aren't right. They know that the time is near, that God is closer now than ever before. But yet, what does it say? As you see the day approaching, all the more. We should be gathering all the more together. Because the day is approaching. It's getting closer and closer and closer. I mean, even if it's seven years, that's a lot closer than a thousand years. Amen? Even if it's five years, that's still a lot closer than a hundred years. Even if it's tomorrow. (laughs) That's super close. Ed says that's close. And that is close. And for some of us, that could be the day. Because we don't know the hour or the day. We don't know when God's going to call us up. Amen? But the devil just tells us, Oh, why don't you just sleep in today? You don't need to go to church anyways. You don't need church. Don't worry about it. You've got God. You're saved. You don't need to worry about it. Just sleep in a little bit here. Sleep in a little bit there. Next thing you know, you're sleeping in. You're missing church. You miss one week, two weeks, three weeks go by. And now all of a sudden the devil's got you feeling bad because you've missed church for three or four days. Or you missed church for a month. Now the guilt the devil just tries to pile in on you becomes overwhelming. And now you feel ashamed. And now you feel bad. And let me tell you, none of that is of God. None of that is of God. That is a trap of the devil. But people don't see it. They don't realize it. You know, I'm an old school kind of person. I was taught, like, if you get knocked down, you get yourself back up. You get knocked down, you get back up. You never stop getting back up. You never stop trying. If somebody is stronger than you, you just keep trying. You never give up. You find different ways. You use their strength. You use different techniques, but you never stop and you never give up. That's how we got to be with our faith in Christ. Because the devil is going to knock you down. i guarantee you that. There's, you know, besides taxes for the rest of your life, I guarantee you that the devil's going to try to attack you. He's going to try to steal you. He's going to try to kill you. And he's going to try to destroy you. If you're a child of God, you got a big old target, my wife says, on your back. All the time. So you're, you're a walking target for the animal, for the animal, for the enemy, <laughs> the devil, the animal is like a devil enemy combined. So, so you got, you got this, uh, this, this target on you that the devil, what did he throw? Arrows, right? He throws his arrows at you to try to deceive you, to try to pull you away. That's why we have the shield of faith, amen? why we have the armor of God. But the devil tells us, just sleep in. Don't worry about it. Oh, you've missed too many days of church now. I don't think you should go. You know, people are going to judge you. All these thoughts, they go through their mind. And it's none of it's of God. It's all the plan of the devil because he's a deceiver. That's how he works. He works just like John 10.10 says. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, and it's in that order. If you think about it, it's in that order. Because the devil, if he can steal you away, right? If he can steal you away from what God's calling you, then he can kill your faith. He can tell you you're not good enough. He could tell you, well, you're really not a child of God. Oh, oh, you're in sin. You're really not. God will never forgive that. That's what he'll do. And he'll try to kill your faith. He'll try to kill the hope that we have, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. He'll try to tell you, well, Jesus, then you start having thoughts in your head. Well, did Jesus go to the cross? Was Jesus's body stolen? Just like it was in the days of the resurrection, when, you know, when they tried to come up with this scheme, this lie about Jesus' body. Oh, the disciples came and stole his body in the night. No, they did not. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. An angel came and rolled away the stone, and Jesus rose from the grave. See, we have to plant our feet on solid ground, because all other sand is sinking, all other ground is sinking sand. And in order to do that, you gotta know your word. You gotta be in prayer, you gotta be in worship, and you gotta believe it and not doubt it. And you can't let deceptive people come in and steal the truth from you or twist the truth from on you. Because that's the scheme of the devil. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. And the spirit of the Antichrist is alive and well, and he is running around like a roaring lion looking for those he can devour. And deceive. We have to be strong in the faith. And being strong in the faith means gathering together. Encouraging one another. Edifying one another. Building each other up. Amen? Because the devil wants to kill you. He wants to steal you. Then he wants to kill you. Because then he knows if he can kill you, then he can destroy all of the people that love you. Because it just... Just hurts them so painfully, and it destroys the plan of God that God has on your life. You see, the biggest thing that the devil, the devil knows the word of God. The devil knows the word of God probably better than we do. And the devil knows that his time is short. You know, there are a lot of many verses in the Bible that the devil really hates. And, and 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 most of them are the ones that are, are about him. And one of them is in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, verses 10. And it says, And the devil who deceived them, right, was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown. They will be tormented day and night, forever and ever. See, the devil doesn't want to hear that. So when the devil comes, you tell him, no, devil, you are going to be thrown into the lake of sulfur where the beast and the antichrist are, and you guys are going to, all three of you are going to be tormented forever, and you're not going to drag me down there with you. Because I am a child of God, I am born again, I have pleaded the blood of Jesus, I've received Jesus in my heart, and you can't deceive me, and you're not going to pull me down there. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to go down there. He knows he's going there. He knows it. And he, if he can pull away many children of God with him to go there, he knows that it's going to hurt the heart of God. Because God doesn't want one of us to go there. That, none of that, that, that lake of sulfur is not reserved for us. That lake of sulfur is for the devil, for the Antichrist, and for the beast. See, what's going to happen in the book of Revelation is before the millennial reign, God, angels stand down and they throw the beast into the the lake of fire, along with the Antichrist. And then they lock up the devil. And they lock him up for a thousand years for the millennial reign. And then the devil gets released again. And he goes out deceiving many. And he brings a huge army. And that army circles around the kingdom of God. And then all of a sudden it says, And then, like a large flame comes down, consumes them, and throws the devil into the lake of fire. The devil doesn't want to hear that. He doesn't want to hear that he knows that's his outcome. Can you imagine knowing that that is your outcome? (laughs) That that is reserved for you, specifically. Specifically. No wonder why he's going around crazy mad, trying to pull people away, trying to hurl all kinds of afflictions and infirmities upon people, trying to get them to doubt their faith, trying to get them to sick, trying to get them to, to just to back off of their faith or lose hope in Christ. God loves you so much, what does the Bible say? That he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's how much God loves you. And the devil knows that too. The devil knows that God loves you so much that he sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to go Die on the cross for you. And all we need to do is hold on to that. We need to hold on to that and not lose sight of it, not lose hope. Because I'm going to tell you, storms are coming. Storms are here. Storms have been here. People are under stress, under pressure. Inflation is at an all-time high. We're paying twice as much for gas than what we paid for. The pressures and stress of life are real and they're out there. And the devil will use all of those as a way to get to you. All those little things as a way to get to you. He'll do anything. He'll disrupt your way of life. That's why we need to have our eyes focused on Jesus. Amen? Our eyes, fo- like laser focus. My wife and I, we, we heard a prophecy about eagle eyes. The focusing of eagle eyes. We need to have eyes like an Eagle. Laser focus on Jesus. Remember when Peter got out of when Jesus called Peter out of the boat, when the storms were raging all around him, and he kept his eyes on Jesus and he was walking on the water. If we keep our eyes on Jesus, we're going to walk right through these storms. You know, a thousand may fall on my left, ten thousand at my right but my eyes are on Jesus and I'm not going to waver to and fro. He's going to make a way where there's no way. He's going to make a possible road that looks impossible, possible. We just need to focus on Him and not lose track, not, not not be looking to and fro. We need to listen to His Word and not listen to every other doctrine that's out there. Don't worry about the storms, the storms will come. But Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You just follow him. <clears> he <throat> says this about the children that are falling away in 1 John 2, 18-19. He says, dear children, this is the last hour. Well, when you hear something like that, that kind of grabs your attention, doesn't it? Dear children, this is the last hour. As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now, many Antichrists have already come, have come. This is how we know it's the last hour. And don't you believe that that, that Antichrist spirit is alive and well and out there right now? We're in that last hour, church. You're part of that last hour. We are all part of this last hour because the Antichrist spirit is alive and well, and he's out there. We know he's out there because of the way people are living. <clears throat> They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. This is where he's talking about the people leaving the church. So they went out from us. They left the church, but yet they didn't really belong to us because of their heart. Was not right? For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that None of them belong to us. And I wrote down here, some will go to their doom because of the spirit of the Antichrist. None have to. Do you know that? None of them really have to. It's a choice that they make. They can choose to do the right thing. Some will lead others (coughs) and deceive others. Many in false teachings. And that is the spirit of the Antichrist. They say that the spirit of the Antichrist will rise up in the church with false teachings from the pulpit. That's why we need to take everything that we hear and we need to confirm it with the Word of God to make sure that it's strong doctrine. That we don't get deceived says, many will leave them astray. Our job is to hold on. The true doctrine, solid doctrine, focus in on Jesus. Try to bring as many into the kingdom as possible, to open the eyes. What did Jesus tell us that we would do? He said that the works that he does, greater works shall we do. We are in the last hour, church. You are going to perform greater works than what Jesus did. Do you believe that? Amen? Amen. You can. We need to start walking in faith and believing and laying our hands on the sick. We need to start delivering people from demonic oppression. Because the devil and the Antichrist is wild out there. There are more demonic spirits out there than you can think of. That are out there causing havoc. Don't be afraid of deliverance. Don't be afraid of the devil. The devil is afraid of you because greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Our job is to hold on to true doctrine, onto the Bible, to bring many into the kingdom, to open the eyes of the blind, to heal the sick, to set the captives free, to mend the brokenhearted. To preach the good news. To lead people into the hands of the Savior that can save them. To lead them to Jesus. To bind up the devil. To cast him out. And to not accept his lies. To live life to the full. In the spirit. To do the greater works that Jesus told us that we would do. That time is coming and is already starting. There are people out there that are operating in these greater works already. And you have those greater works in you. You have them in you because you have the Spirit of God in you. And you don't doubt it, but you believe Lord, I pray right now in Jesus' name that we would remove doubt from our minds, but we would only believe in your word and what your word says about us. Don't let the devil deceive us because he's a liar or a thief and he wants to kill us and destroy us. Because we are children of God. Lord, because we are children of God, we are going to stand faithful, stand strong, holding on to the promises of God, that God will never fail us or forsake us. It says that God will be with us right to the very end. Believe that. Wherever you go, God is with you. He won't leave you or forsake you. That He has great plans for you, plans for you to prosper and to be in good health. Don't accept anything. Don't accept anything from the devil. We are all going to need each other. We all need each other. We need to encourage each other. We need to build each other up. We need to pray for one another. Amen? We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for our nation. God can move a nation. God can heal a nation. God can extend your life. God can do all things. God can do limitless things beyond our imagination. We need to ask. We need to pray. We need to seek. God can do it. We need to believe it. Amen. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name, I just pray right now, in Jesus' name, that, Lord God, that God will extend our lives. That God will bring healing and health to our bodies. That God will bring healing to our lands. That God will prosper us and prosper the work of our hands, even in the midst of this economic storm. That God's favor will be upon his people, and his blessings will flow from his people. And his people will give generously to those that are in need. And not only give, but Lord God, they will give of themselves. They will give, Lord God, the words of life that comes from your word. That they will give healing to those that need healing. That they will give of your spirit, Lord God, that you've deposited in them. I pray that it is awakened in all of us. I pray that the Spirit of God that's in your children would be awakened and stirred, Lord God. That we would rise up in the face of everything going on. That we would be a light. That we would bring hope and health and life and love. Lord Jesus, I pray this, Lord God, over each person here and each person that hears this word. I pray that they would be set free, healed, and delivered. I pray that the enemy would be bound up over their lives and that the enemy's plans for their lives would be destroyed. I pray that the enemy would be rebuked and cast out of their lives, out of their family, off of their property. Out, Lord God. I pray that the enemy would be bound up and cast out in Jesus' name. That he would have to go back, Lord God, to where you're sending him. And he would leave them alone, that he would not torment them anymore, and that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that they would cleanse their house, which is their body, and that he would fill their body with the Holy Spirit and with the word of God and with the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony and the blood of the Lamb. Amen? I believe it. And, I, and Lord, it's, it's in your word, it's a, it's a foundation teaching, Lord God. I believe it. And I pray, Father God, that you would bless them abundantly wherever they go, that you would give them the ground they walk on, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If anybody needs prayer, I'd love to pray for you. If anybody needs healing, let's pray for them, in Jesus' name. Anybody needs deliverance, let's pray for them. Let's get them delivered. Healed and set free. Amen? Amen.